Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 289. That's right. Got only a couple more to break up, a couple more till we hit 300. So what are we doing tonight? We're going to preview the finals, the Western finals, the Eastern finals. Hamilton Tiger Cats going to Ottawa to play the Red Blacks and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers scooting into Calgary to play the Stampeders. Wow. Exciting football. It's been, what, like 20 years or 25 years or something since a third-place team has uh, um, made it to the Grey Cup, and right, I think that's what it was. It's been a long, long, long time, but the Winnipeg Blue Bombers could do it. Well, Hamilton could do it, too, you know, if they they actually beat Ottawa, but no, they weren't a third-place team. They were a second-place team. Okay, forget that one. Never mind. There was a crossover. BC was over there. Oh, yeah. No, not. Okay. So what are we going to talk about tonight? Is there any rants? Well, there's always a rant, but you know, Charles has done this agenda. He's got everything in the agenda and I can't do any ranting on it because he's got them like we, we got to do things. BC Lions post-mortem, Saskatchewan Rough Riders post-mortem. We're going to talk about the, the, the Jeff Code hit on Brandon Banks like and, and the shit that the Ryder fans are throwing out at us right now. I, unbelievable the amount of people who think, who absolutely truly believe they know what they're talking about completely baffles me when you don't even have the rules right never mind you can't even see the picture there's a picture of this happening and you're not even you're not opening your eyes to watch it happen you can see this thing actually there's a on let's talk cfl post right now uh facebook group there's a post up there um it's uh, put up by tyson craney Saskatchewan rough rider fan and he's put this post up and it's it's to prove that this was an illegal hit and this is the best camera angle that I've seen where you can actually see Bridges' shoulder pad elevating up towards his neck when he gets hit. And it's long before he gets hit in the head. So, you know, it's just absolutely ridiculous that, uh, that Ryder fans think that this is a, a – it was barely a penalty. The fact he got a fine is disgusting. Suspended for the rest of the playoffs? Like, grow up. I'm so sick of that. Okay, we're going to talk about that one later, so never mind. BC Lions are, are off signing up players already. That's cool. We've got some signings happening. Uh, we're going to talk about Randy Ambrosi and what we think of his job. We're going to rate his job on an you know, AA plus uh, DFZ or whatever kind of markings we're going to do Randy Ambrosi as the commissioner so far. Then we're going to go talk about Saskatchewan, Montreal, and Hamilton, who are all hosting – or trying to host the 2020 Grey Cup game. That's interesting, too. We kind of know where that one's going. Or at least I do. I believe it. And Nova Scotia Premier is talking about the stadium. So those are the things that we're – the highlights of what we're going to talk about in the show tonight and a whole pile of other stuff because, you know, we just always get sidetracked and go off on tangents talking about other things because, hey, we're football fans. We're not like media personality. I don't have a teleprompter. I have a little piece of paper that I write and doodle on while we're, we're playing here, right? Okay teleprompter no if i had a teleprompter i'd be just like donald trump okay 
enough of that bullshit. Actually, you know who has a teleprompter? Ozzy Osbourne has a te- teleprompter so that he can remember the words to his song because he doesn't remember the words to his song because his mind is so messed up. So when he's singing on stage, he actually has to have a teleprompter there so he can read the words. I'm surprised he can read. Uh, okay, enough of that. Now let's talk some football. Where are we going to go from here? Let's uh, go over here and open up some mics. There's uh, Mark's mic open. There's Will's mic open. Uh, Charles is going to be late to the show. He said he's going to be about 15, 20 minutes late. So we'll see what happens when he pipes in. We'll uh, we'll bring him on to the show. Uh, Mark, good afternoon, sir. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, interesting to talk about some more rider stuff. I think you're going to be getting some uh, hate mail again after that little rant. Oh, shit! I'm getting hate mail right now as I'm 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 posting things on thing. I get, get this thing. You have no idea what you're talking about. Well, yeah, actually, I do. I actually do know what I'm talking about. So you know. Yeah, at least it keeps it entertaining. Right, oh my goodness! And, and you know what? The worst thing is is watching it is. And I hate to say this because it sounds so bad and sexist and everything else, but women trying to argue football rules do not work. Okay? You're supposed to try to let up after he throws the ball. Well, he threw the ball one-tenth of a second prior to being hit. How are you supposed to let up? That doesn't work. Okay, who's got a football game going in the background there, a hockey game or something? Turn it off. Sounds like wrestling, actually. Will, is that you? Nope. Mark? Nope, my TV's on mute. I don't have TV. I don't have anything. Somebody turned something off. Okay, that's good. Okay, anyhow, so there we go. Yeah, it's just, it's pathetic. Wait, I can't see how you can see something, and this this is a square, and like 28 people are going to argue that it's round. And I, Welcome how? to the CFL. Uh, like, how? How can you do that? How can you argue something that, that you are, is so obviously wrong? Anyhow, yeah, welcome to the CFL. Welcome to Facebook, man. Seriously. Okay, so, Will, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Good. I have a question for the two of you. Uh-oh. Actually, quite a long question. I'm looking you want a long at answer? The well, no, I'm looking at the CFL rules because I've been thinking about this hits to the head thing and player safety is the ultimate importance and so on and so forth. Yeah. So I yeah, just okay. looked up. I just looked up what you can get disqualified from a game for. Okay. First one is hazardous equipment. Okay. Not sure what that is. Well, that's when they used to file their, their spikes on the bottom of their shoes so that they became a weapon. And, and, okay. and or, you know, other than that, or, or having different types of your body that, that could cause injury to some other play, people, like a helmet with a stick sticking out of it or something like this. Yeah. Okay. But it, it, it's basically R- about the spikes. Rough play. What is rough play? Well, I think it's fighting. Okay, then... There's excessive objectionable conduct. Okay. No, I think sure that's when that you. Is. I think that's when you call the ref a cocksucker. No, no, because there's objectionable conduct, physical abuse of an official. 
Yes, that's physical abuse. That's what Ken Austin did, but he didn't get thrown out, oh, yeah. you remember. Oh, yeah. And my favorite one, and this is right up there with really nasty stuff, spitting. How does that get I, you I think kicked out of a game? Some, I think that's spitting on somebody yeah, else, how does right? Get, get, get you, well, yeah, but how does that get you kicked out of a game if you, if you don't get kicked out of a game for hitting a guy in the head? But you can for spitting. I, you know, spitting. Personally, I think you're going to get punched in the mouth. Well, <laughs> yeah, really, really, but it's so, just so then there's two just, people get just, kicked out of the game. It's just you'd think that I don't know, man. Anyways, I was just off on a off on a wondering what the hell that was all I mean, about. But these are adults; they shouldn't be spitting at people, right? You don't do that. To yeah, them, but, like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but hold on. You can hit a guy in the head, and yeah. you get maybe a roughing the passer call or, you know, uh, whatever, but you can get kicked out for spitting. I don't Like, is, there po- is it possible that you could hit the guy in the eye and you might have something in your saliva that would blind him for the rest of his life or something like that? I don't know. I'm just, well, they, I'm just wondering. You could have HIV. Yeah, but they have drugs for that now, man. Nobody dies from HIV anymore. Anyway. Yeah, I know, I know that, but I'm just putting out a comment, right? Well, it could, could but, be hazardous. But, but, but spitting. And I mean, most athletes spit on the ground, like all, the, all day long. Have any, doesn't the turf have any rights? Come on, isn't there abuse, abusing the turf of your of the field? You, Anyways, I'm just being stupid now. Can we uh, just continue on and uh, take it from there? What are we going to talk about? There really is nothing. There's really nothing in that rule book that you just read out that would eject a person for uh, an abusive hit. No. Read them again. And, And wouldn't that, wouldn't that, if they're talking about trying to help you know what i mean well didn't didn't kyrie bear get kicked out for the hit on uh john cornish uh no he got he got he got expelled from the game no he didn't are you sure uh, are you I'm sure i'm 99 i'm 99.9% sure yes anyways Hazardous equipment, rough yep. play, excessive objectionable conduct, spitting, obje- objectionable objectionable conduct, physical abuse of official. I, I think the second one there, which is uh, rough play, would would be constituted as uh, you know something like what Kyrie did, Bear did with used his arm as a club, which I actually didn't really find that abusive, but. Um, uh, Besides the point. That uh, would be the closest. That would be the closest thing that I could think yeah. of. I mean, you know, were, were you using part of your body or, or something out there as a as a, a weapon? I mean, I you know, if you took off your helmet and swung your helmet at somebody, you're gone. You're toast. You're out of there. That That's that's a major, you know, objectionable conduct, right? You, you're done. You, you can't swing your helmet. That's bye-bye. 
Hey, so tell tell me which one you think that fits into. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, um here's something interesting. Okay. okay, this is this is a ten yard penalty in the CFL. Are you ready? Sure. Are you ready? Um use Oh, okay, that makes sense. I think of it a different way. Use use of an illegal substance. Okay. Stick him. How come jo- how come John Gott didn't get, get a ten yard penalty for drinking a beer? It's an illegal substance, isn't it? Uh yeah, that's a good question. I don't totally believe it is an illegal substance, but yes. It is now. Well, okay. And I've never looked at rules because I just I'm used to the basic rules, and so interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyways, okay, I wasted eleven minutes of your time on that. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. That, that was very Alrighty. interesting. We just proved the point well, that everybody from Saskatchewan say, but post the link. Where where did you find this? Post post the link in our group chat, and I'm going to use it next time somebody says that he should be suspended. And I'll just say, here's the rules. Here's what you can be suspended for. This is not any one of those. So you're just being an idiot. Because I just had some some Christie something tell me that, okay, maybe it's not a fine, but he should have been thrown out of the game and suspended. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. Because if you get thrown out of your game, you get fined. Right? Right away, you get fined. There's no, no options on that one. You get suspended. You're, you're being fined. Like, right. come on, learn the rules. Arguing with stupid people is futile. Twenty-five yard penalties. There's only a couple of those, right? Illegal deployment of designated quarterback. Hmm. I wonder what that is. Illegal deployment of designated import. Spitting, rough play, objectionable conduct, physical abuse of the official. Man, spitting gets a really hard line here, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I think if you get disqualified, you get a 25-yard penalty no matter what, right? I think you know, the penalty yeah. shall be applied in yeah. addition to any yardage gained or the score made. Mm, okay. Yeah, spitting is not good. Don't be doing that. And I, you know which one I really have a problem with is tripping. I always get – I get this – Penalty called all the time, tripping. And I go, come on, you're supposed to take the guy down. You're not allowed to use your leg? Well, whenever I hear that, I think of hockey, right? Okay. Yeah. But but you see it in football on a regular basis. Or you can call it a leg whip or you can call it whatever you want. But I guess you're not allowed to trip guys. Yeah, you're not allowed to. I don't know, man. But yeah, those are interesting. I really want to know what the difference between a chop block and a cut block is. I would say it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. to me it would be. Uh, I'm Just having terminology, a problem baby. Just terminology. So. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to some football here. 
You ready to do this? We're going to talk about the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Ottawa Red Blacks game. Now, you can't really say you don't care about this because it is a game, and it's going to be a decent one, I think. And uh, and one of them will be in the Grey Cup. And one of them is going to go to the Grey Cup, so it's kind of important. Right? Okay. Let's. Uh, I got my little sheet here where I'm going to mark people down. I got your things. I got the scores. Hamilton and Ottawa. And then further down, I've got Winnipeg and Calgary. Cool. Okay. So, Charles, who do you think is going to win this Hamilton-Ottawa game? Nobody. Good. Okay. I got your score. Will, take it away. Uh, I've been thinking about this all week. And uh, Hamilton, despite BC not looking... Okay, so did Hamilton look great because BC didn't? Or was Hamilton playing that well that BC didn't look great? So I guess you could take... Okay, BC looked like shit. No aspect of their team showed up for the game. Montreal would have would looked be, good playing BC yet that game. Was it because was it because Hamilton played so well? No. And nobody had an, and nobody had an answer for Speedy A. Okay. Um, hey, I was just going to throw something out there since we're talking about Hamilton. Did you guys hear that? And, and I, we, I don't know if we ever talked about this. Brendan Banks after after after. Jeremiah Mazzoli got the nomination for the East M- MOP. Brendan Banks said it should have been him. How do you like a guy like that on your team? Anyway, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, no, and I remember reading it. I was listening to another podcast today, and they brought it up. And it was like, wow, yeah, he actually did say that. Anyways, um, you know what? Hamilton looked really good. Um, they almost, the back-to-back series against Ottawa, they almost won the game, and for some reason they just, Trevor Harris said, yeah, I don't think this is going to happen, and played a great second half. But I was watching Jeremiah Mazzoli on Sunday, and Jeremiah Mazzoli, that guy was dialed in, man. and And he... He's a pretty decent quarterback, or he's proven to be a pretty decent quarterback. Um, I'm hard pressed on this game because I not think easy. Hamilton looks real. Not, it's not I a think, cakewalk. I think way. Hamilton. No, and any time, and I do believe Ottawa beat Hamilton three nothing this year. So three times, it's really hard to beat a team four times. Uh, well, it's really hard to beat them twice. If you beat them three times, yeah. what difference does it make four, five, and six? That's the way I'm well, kind of looking at this, right? But on the other hand, you know, I don't know. And and you know what? It's not for money. It's not for anything. So it really doesn't matter to me. So I am going to pick the Hamilton Tiger Cats. 36 to the Ottawa Red Blacks, 32. Hmm. Okay. I think we got Charles on the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty fair. This was our first 
first pick that we taken. Will took uh, Hamilton, 36 to 32, which you probably heard. Um, yep. You're, you're actually were supposed to be first, and we put down your score of zero zero because you didn't respond when I asked you. Uh, but would you like to you change did. that? Uh, yeah, I think I probably would. Oh, okay. Just, yeah. just, just curious. Okay. So, hmm. I think last week's game is going to be a big. Um, it's going to be a catalyst, I think, for the um, Hamilton Tiger Cat. I think that's going to be a big game for them. I think it's going to be a confidence builder. I didn't think they were going to be uh, a, a, um, a factor in the playoffs. I honestly thought the Tiger Cats were going to get beaten last week by the Lions. Probably wishful thinking on my part, but um, but they looked really good. They looked a lot better than I expected, and I'm just looking at this one, and I see this one as a um, as a um, a good one. I, as I said, I think they're going to uh, use it as a catalyst for this game. This game, I'm not sold on Ottawa. Haven't been all year. Um, I know Ottawa won the back-to-back series late in its year with Hamilton, but you know what? It's hard to beat a team three times in one season. They, they did already back-to-back. They already that have. They three and zero. Oh? Yeah, yeah, they're three wow. and zero oh this year. Well, I think that just means Hamilton is due. I think that bad Trevor Harris is finally going to rear his ugly head against Hamilton, and I think it's going to be a close game, and I think Hamilton's going to win it. Uh, I'm going to go Hamilton 31, Ottawa 28. What was that? 31-28? 31-28. Okay. Uh, Mark, what do you got? I've got uh, Hamilton as well. I do think uh, beating a team four times in a season is very tough. Masoli coming off the way he played last week, um, finding this speedy A um, getting the running game going I think it might be too much little too much for Ottawa this game could end up in a track meet but the weather forecast I'm not sure what it is but the weather could have something to do with it I'm going to go Hamilton 44 Ottawa 37. Wow. Okay, so the uh, the weather in Ottawa on Sunday is going to be uh, highs of minus set, uh, three, lows of minus seven, sunshine all day long, no wind. Well, that's not too bad, though. I think it'll end up being a track meet. Well, 13K is the wind, but that's a normal for them. Yeah. 13K is nothing. Okay, so, um, yeah, week seven, uh, Ottawa beat Hamilton 21-15, and then uh, the latter two in the, the season, which was week tw- 19 and then week 20, was 35-31 and then 30-13. So Red Blacks had got them dialed in, and I am going to pick Ottawa because nobody else did. Fair enough. And I, I'm going to pick this one 32-28. I could pick it 2-1 to one or 58-6 to six or whatever. It doesn't really matter because I'm the only one picking in Ottawa because we haven't heard from Chris. But, uh, yeah, 30, 32-28 for Ottawa. I, I honestly think that Ottawa Red Blacks are going to do it. I mean, they've got 
a lot of players on there that have got some good playoff experience, got some playoff wins, have won a Grey Cup. You can't say that about anybody in Ottawa, in Hamilton. Nobody. Okay? You're just not happening. Okay, yeah, so they beat the Lions. Big whoopee deal. I think anybody could have beat the Lions last week. Like I said, Montreal could have. Um, yeah, no, so uh, that's that game. We're, that's It's an early morning start, too, isn't it? Uh, it's a 10 o'clock game. 10 o'clock again at breakfast. Why are they doing this at breakfast? Why couldn't you just like wait an hour or so till the bars are at least open? I don't know. Hmm. Bothers me. Uh, okay. Second game starts at one thirty Pacific time. So that would be uh 2:30 in Calgary, 3:30 in Winnipeg and 4:30 in Toronto East. So there we got we got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers traveling over to McMahon to play the Calgary Stampeders. Charles, who's going to win this game? Hmm. Um, this is kind another of a tough, tough one. Another, another tough game to pick. It is. Um, I'm just basically looking and basing my pick on really the trends that we've seen the last month. And quite frankly, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been playing much better football than the Calgary Stampeders uh, in the last uh, month, even maybe the six weeks. We we all saw that late-season uh, losing streak that the Stampeders went through. One of those losses was to Calgary. Um, in fact, the only win that Calgary oh, got... to Winnipeg. The... Calgary can't lose to Calgary. Excuse me. No, no, I, sorry, it was to Winnipeg. Sorry, my mistake. Uh, the only win, really, that Calgary got down the stretch, which was against a fading BC Lions team in the last week that played half of their um, mostly backups in the second half. And that was really the only game that they won um, down the stretch. When but they, they looked playing, good doing it. They did. Sure they did. But... Um, Hamilton also looked good against the Lions last week. And, uh, you know, um, we've seen this uh, last two years, the Stampeders get to the Grey Cup back-to-back years and not be able to win it. Uh, are they motivated? I'm sure they are. Part of the problem is they still have that def- that receiving core that's really put together of a lot of spare parts. Uh, I know someone tried to, uh, some uh, Sam Peter fan, I won't name him, uh, the other day, Stephen Sparksman, tried to convince me that uh, the Sam Peter's receiving core is better now than it was at the start of the season. I stopped, <laughs> laughing. I st- I stopped laughing about that 20 minutes ago. Uh, and in reality... Um, I don't know, the Bombers, I just like their defense. I just like the way they're playing. And I'm thinking this is going to be a Bomber win. Um, I just think the Stampeders, they're not the same team that they were the last um, few years. Uh, Last few years, I was completely confident in their ability to get to the Grey Cup. I'm just not there now. Um, Not with this team. They don't have a championship caliber receiving core right now. And I think that's going to hurt them, especially against this Winnipeg defense. 
Uh, and I think that the Winnipeg offense is also starting to somewhat come into their um, uh, come into their um, own. And um, hmm. also, uh, Andrew Harris, if he can have a big game, uh, this is uh, going to be a, uh, so much better for Winnipeg, obviously. But I am going to pick Winnipeg to win this one. I think, like the Eastern Final, it's going to be a close one. I just think that the Bombers' defense is strong enough to stop that that uh, Calgary offense, uh, and I do believe that um, the offense of the Bombers will be enough, will be able to score enough points uh, to put it. So I'm going to go with um, a score of the Bombers 28 and the Stampeders 22. Okay. Now, this is the big one here. Now, now is Will going to pick with his heart or his head? Good question. No, the better better question is, Charles, are you shitting me? He didn't actually say that, did he? Uh, Yeah, he he did. Are you kidding me? He took a lot of He took a lot of flack oh. from people on that uh, too, uh, but he did, most certainly did say it. Oh my God! Who? He should be a writer pet. He should be what a writer pet. What's that? What did I just? Who who said what? About Steve uh, Stephen Sparksman saying oh. Uh, oh, okay. Sam yeah. Peters' okay. receiving core was better now than. And I'm not picking on you, Stephen. I know you listen. I'm not picking on you, but I I just found that comment to be kind of laughable myself, but. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it just didn't make any sense to me. No. Okay. I thought no, we were past okay. that, but obviously not. Okay, sorry. Uh, okay, anyways, is Will going to pick with his heart, or is Will going to pick with his head? Will's going to pick with both. Oh, okay. So Winnipeg's and, winning and I, there. And I, and I believe, and I believe, okay, you have to give somebody credit who's fully confident in everything he says. And and I, I'm gonna just re-go, I'm just gonna redo this really quick. Okay. The last four games of the Stampeder season, uh, let's start with game one didn't mean anything. Game two didn't mean anything. Game three didn't mean anything. They had a whole bunch of receivers that were injured. Their offense was trying to get on track. They they played the Bombers. The Bombers beat them by how many points? Eight. Eight points. Okay. In a nothing game for Winnipeg, or Calgary, sorry. And and it wasn't a nothing sorry. game for Calgary. It was right to they the very last game of the season whether they were going to get the bye or not. Edmund, uh, Saskatchewan, and if BC had beat Calgary. Did, no, no, no. And who did, it, who did it mean more for? But it meant nothing to BC. No, no, I'm not talking about the last game. Open talking about the bomber I'm talking game. about the bomber game. Okay. Right. Did it I mean mean anything, anything to the bombers meant, at that point in time? It meant That's, everything because they weren't going to make the playoffs if they lost. No, okay. they were going to make the playoffs. It was Edmonton that had to win. No, they, and they were didn't. not. No, they were not. You got to back up. Anyways, as far as the BC game goes. I watched the, I've watched the BC game three times in the last week and a half. Sean Lemon and uh, Odell Willis, the other defensive end. Odell Willis. 
they were getting out of the way because they didn't want to get hurt. Okay? They were not trying. I, I no. don't understand why I don't understand why they even put their starters in there. Because these guys were playing not to get hurt. Not to get yeah. hurt at all. And right? that was so the Calgary game or the Hamilton game? Because they the were Calgary playing the same game. way in the Hamilton game. Yeah, they, didn't well, want to get hurt. they weren't supposed to play that way because it actually did mean something. Well, I know Calgary that, game, but I, I'm not sure they I did. Can see them, I can see them not trying to get hurt, but I just don't understand why you would put guys in there, okay, when that was going to happen because it didn't mean anything to BC, okay? Anyways, going back to what I said, you know what? Calgary, uh, Calgary uh, led this league for most of the year. I think Calgary is real pissed because uh, they have one guy in the award nominations, and I think they should have a few more. Um, but that's up for debate. Um, and I, I think Calgary is back. I really do. And uh, they're going to have some guys in there that haven't played for a little while. And I really think they're back. And I don't think this game is even going to be close. And uh, so I'm going to I'm going to give Mark's team the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to say Calgary 38, Winnipeg 17. Wow. Okay. Wow. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that too. Mark. That's. That's a pick with the heart. Yeah, that's a pick with the heart. There's no head there. <laughs> um, I'm going to see this game slightly different than Will. Oh, you think? And Char- yeah, yeah, you really? think? And Charles, oh, but, um, hey, Mark, Mark, before you continue, before you continue, Mark, Mark, before you continue, Charles and and uh, Christopher on Sunday or Monday, whenever we do the podcast next, I would like both of you you to say on air Will we apologize you were right okay if the staff beaters win I'll have no problem doing that okay go ahead okay. Yeah, I'm going to stick with what I said a couple of weeks ago is that I was more worried about beating Saskatchewan and Saskatchewan than I am about the Bombers beating Calgary and Calgary I know we haven't won there in what 10 12 years or something um but this is a different bomber team and we all know what happens to Bo Levi Mitchell when he gets pressure I think you're going to see Bo Levi Mitchell under siege you're going to see a lot of blitzing and the, where it's really going to come down to it is the off, Bombers' offensive line versus Calgary's defensive line. If they start opening holes for Harris like they did in the semifinal, Calgary is not going to get the ball in the second half. If they get that run game going, it's easy to shut down Calgary because their offense isn't on the field. And Harris has put this team on his back, and I think he's going to carry it right through. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to go Bombers 31, Calgary 27. Wow. 
<laughs> up to me. I. Yeah. Hang on. Come to I, the dark I, side, CJ. I gotta find a coin. Hey, CJ, before you say anything, I'm looking for a coin to flip. I got a cookie. Will that do? I'd rather eat the cookie than flip it. Okay, that's Calgary. That's Winnipeg. It's Winnipeg. The cookie came up, told me it was Winnipeg. I can't count. I can't use it for the replay because I'm eating it. Um, okay. Well, I guess I'm picking the Bombers. Don't really want to. See, you know, ever you know, I've been asked a lot as to who I'm cheering for to win the Grey Cup this year, and. I can't cheer for Ottawa or Hamilton. I, I would pick the Ottawa Red Blacks because I kind of like them. They're a cool team. I like their mosque, um, their their theme, their their red black, the 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 plaid, the working shirt, the lumberjack. I love the the, the whole concept in there. It's a, they're marketing it very well. So I'm kind of a closet Ottawa Red Blacks fan. But if I was to pick the Red Blacks to win, that goes against my belief that the Eastern Division sucks because they really do. They don't, they have to, they can glide through the season. They don't really have to play. They don't really have to participate and they get their ass in the gray cup without really trying. So I really, I can't do that. I can't pick an Eastern team to win this great, to, to win the gray cup. And obviously I can't to pick the Western final because neither of them are in it. So, and then Winnipeg, if I pick Winnipeg and Winnipeg wins, then I can't bug Mark about 28 years and counting anymore. And that's so much fun, right? And Bombers. it gets rid of hashtag 1990. Yeah. Bombers haven't won a Grey Cup since 1990. I mean, it's the oldest, longest running streak in, in, in the CFL. If they win, then it's Hamilton. So, so what happens? Do we get a Winnipeg-Hamilton Grey Cup and one of them breaks a streak? Uh, okay. So anyhow, um, so I can't. I don't really want to pick Winnipeg and then Calgary. I just can't stand the arrogance of the Calgary Stampeders. So I can't really pick them either. So I'm, I'm really going to have to go with um, with Winnipeg on this one. And uh, oh my good lord, is this going to be a shoot? I don't like Matt Nichols. I don't think the guy can throw the ball. I don't think he can put it in the end zone. So it's really hard to do too much of anything. I like Charles score 28 22. Uh, I'm going to go 26-24. It's going to be a close game. Out by a touch or a field goal. Winnipeg's going to take this one 26-24. Is this the first? What? That you've taken Winnipeg to win a football game? No, no. I've taken Winnipeg no? lots of times. Yeah. Oh, okay. I took Winnipeg last week. That's true. That's because of the Saskatchewan. What's your point? <laughs> Okay, See, I would pick Saskatchewan if I thought Saskatchewan was going to win, okay? There was just no fucking way in hell Saskatchewan was going to win that game. And they just don't have an offense. You, you can't win a football game unless you put points on the board. Right? So, yeah, no, anyhow. Okay, so, uh, Charles, why did you have to put that on there? Why? It won't go, it won't go away now. Because it, it's hard for me not to say something, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. MV Super Bowl MVP receiver. Who's that? I guess he's talking which he I wasn't. guess he's talking I guess he's talking about Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews who never did, won an MVP. All he did was all he did was 
um, catch a, a, a short punt or something like that, recover a short punt. Okay? But, no, no. He had over 100 yards in the Super Bowl, but he didn't win the MVP because the team didn't win. Right. Okay. Anyways, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I really still think that Tavarius Daniels is going to start over uh, Bakari Grant this weekend. So, anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so anyhow, that's the end of that. Now, um, as you guys do know, uh, my wife hasn't been doing really well lately. She's kind of in a little bit of pain with a bad back. And uh, she's just uh, texted me and asked me to come up and give her a hand. So I'm going to go upstairs and help her out for a couple seconds. And I'm going to leave Charles in charge. And you get to talk about the Brandon Bridge hit. And I'm sure you guys can talk about Great. this long enough, long enough, that it'll still be going when I get back and I can rant on it. Well, that's, that's not until segment five. We what are we doing? Oh, segments. we're going to do the BC Lions postmortem. Oh, yeah. I kind of want to do that one. Anyhow, I'm going to go upstairs. Well, look, so we, you guys... Yeah, you can talk well, if you want, we'll, we'll skip. We can skip that over, and we can come back. You, you're running the show, Charles. Do what you want. Okay. All right. I'll be back. Okay. So what I'm going to do then, because CJ does want to talk about that, and we all know he loves talking about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to skip over three and four right now. We'll come back to that once CJ returns. And we're going to go right through to segment five. So in the wake of the latest hit, hit against Brandon Bridge, the CFL announced that they will be adding an eighth <laughs> official to the field strictly to monitor hits against quarterbacks. Is this the right response to the issue? I have my opinion on this, but I'm going to put it over to Will and uh, Mark first to see what they think about this. Uh, let's start with Mark. Mark, what do you think of this plan by the CFL to add another on-field official. I get why they did it. It's a quick fix. And it's okay for now. But wouldn't it be just as quick a fix to tell the eye in the sky to look for those? That's what they have as many replays as anybody else. Uh-huh. So it would be just as easy, and it takes the human element out. But hey, this is the idea they've come up with. It's it's decent. You know, hopefully the guy doesn't get blocked by an offensive lineman or a receiver when the hit happens, like it happened in the with the Jeff Coke bridge hit. I would rather have seen them the uh, give it to the eye in the sky. Just having the replay ankles and everything else just makes more sense. But it's a quick fix, and I guess something good came out of it. Oh, and Jeff Coat finally did get fined today. The maximum. Yeah, yeah he got the maximum amount fine. And that's weird that it took him till Thursday to decide on that. Yeah, because don't they all, normally almost always fly, uh, announce fines and stuff like that on Wednesdays? Yeah, they but announced don't Will. Monday, Monday was a holiday, so. Well, they that's they announced Odell Willis is fine on Sunday. Yeah, well, maybe Randy yeah. was busy that day or something. Yeah, Who knows? Could be. Yeah. It, it just seems like they're making it harder than it needs to be. You're keeping the human element in, and one of the things the fans have been screaming about about this whole thing 
is to take the human element out and go to the replays. But I think at the end of it, when they look at the off season, that's what it's going to end up being anyway. So at least they're trying. At least they're listening to the fans. A little too much, but at least they're listening to the fans. Go ahead. Well, you know, what do you think of this? I've had a couple of thoughts today. I was thinking about this the way we worked this morning when I was listening to a certain podcast. And, okay, as far as adding a referee to to the rest of the season, you know what? I say great. It's a, it's a, it's a stopgap for the playoffs, and maybe it will stop somebody from getting hurt or not a missed call or a coach having to use his challenge on a missed call. So hopefully that'll make the difference in the playoffs. Um, but going forward, I I was thinking about this today, and I think they should add an extra referee like we talked about the other day. And I also think that um, they should give the eye in the sky they should be able to review certain plays. And when I say certain plays, I'd like them to be able to review and have the authority to call penalties on quarterback contact and on interference plays that are called. I think that would make a huge difference. And somebody also suggested today on another podcast that one of the other things they should do is is you should give you should give them X amount of challenges, and uh, if they abuse the challenge, uh, you should call it a delay a game, and you should uh, give them a fifteen yard penalty and take their one of their challenges away. It's another thing that got thrown out there today in a discussion. So, but no, I, I, I guess it's a stopgap. Randy Ambrosi decided that's what he's going to do, and so he's done it. And maybe it'll keep the wolves away from his door for a couple of games till he f- can figure out what he should do in the off season. But I think it's pretty simple what he should do. So he should just give the eye in the sky more authority. That simple. Go ahead, Charles. One of the biggest reasons, like the reason on Sunday that hit was not called, the hit on Brandon Bridge wasn't called, was because the the official that typically would make the call on that, which is the referee, uh, his vision was blocked by a player running in front of them. Here's my question. If you've got this other referee who's going to be down on field level, what is stopping players from running in between him and the play? So couldn't his... Um, couldn't his vision be blocked just as easily as any other official? Which is why I don't understand why this call was made. To me, like Mark said, the clear solution here is just to um, um, let the Iron Sky call it. They've got the benefit of the instant replay, and if they're serious about player safety and wanting to make sure that stuff like this, uh, it, there's uh, a deterrent against stuff like that. And the best way to have a deterrent against hit like that, the hits like this are to um, call it consistently, then allow, the, um, then allow the players or the eye in the sky 
to make that call because if the referees miss it, they're not going to miss it. They got lots of camera angles that they can call it. So to me, it just doesn't make um, sense to me. Uh, I don't understand why they just don't do it that way. To me, that was a no-brainer. I understand what they're trying to do with the extra official, but I still think there are still flaws on that where it could just not really help. So, I don't know. I'm. I don't know. I don't really think that this is um, the best solution. I, if it were my solution, I would be. Um, I would be putting it with the um, eye in the sky and letting them call it. They're the ones with the best view, personally. That's what I would think. That just makes sense. I know it just makes sense. That, but my that's my concern is that well, you've got this extra um, official down on the field. Great. What if he uh, his vision gets blocked by another player and he can't see it? How is that benefiting you? That's kind of my. Uh, that's kind of my concern there. Yeah. You know, to go on a little side tangent, that ref cam that everybody kind of made fun of it when they first started it, that showed that the refs can't possibly see everything on the field. It was a perfect example of the stuff that's going down on, down on the field, and they can't see everything. Yeah. You know, that ref was getting vilified. And the Ryder fans especially were losing it about him. Can't call what you can't see. Yeah, and it's not, it's not like you can yell at the guys, hey, get out of the way. It, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yep. Uh, CJ, I'm back. I am back. Yeah, and we're talking uh, about this uh, Brandon Bridge hit. Yeah. And this, this um, extra official done on the field. We've all kind of given our opinion on that. Well, And we all basically it, say it's kind of a half measure right now. It doesn't hurt. How could it hurt? It doesn't. It, it can't. Okay. So it's a good thing. It, it, they've obviously, they've, they've recognized that there is a problem, and the ref cam proved it. And, I mean, I, I like the ref cam right from day one. I thought that was one of the best things that they've done. I, it was an absolute great shot of everything this season. I love the ref cam. And this actually proved that it, the ref – how can you throw a flag when you don't see something, right? So that was right. kind of a good thing on this one. So putting a second official on there is exactly what we had talked about last week, Right where where there there was the NFL NHL went to two referees. Well, maybe the CFL needed to do the same thing. Well, I'm not going to say that league office listened to our podcast because I I really doubt it. But it was a good answer. It's a good solution and they they they're taking a proactive step to it. Is it sufficient? No. It's something that they're going to have to deal with in the off season. They're going to have to look at it, and they're going to have to evaluate and and, and crunch some numbers to find out whether what's more cost effective, what's this, what's that, what makes more sense. But as a stopgap measure for the next two, three games, there's only three games left in the season. 
It's a wonderful answer. It's absolutely wonderful. I mean, kudos to them for coming up with this one and implementing mm-hmm. it immediately, right? So, mm-hmm. hard hard to argue when they actually do something wonderful like this. It's better than doing nothing. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at this the hit again. I, I, I seriously, I cannot understand how anybody can say that that is anything but initial contact of shoulder to shoulder. I, I can't even believe it was a penalty. I'm okay with it being a penalty. I, I'm okay with it being a penalty because according to the penalty, the, the rules, any contact of helmet to helmet on a quarterback is roughing the passer. That's the rule. Yep. Do I agree with it? Is is irrelevant. That's the rule, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no different when I'm speeding down the highway at 140K and the speed limit's 100K and I get a speeding ticket, right? I understand what the rule was. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to yell at the police officer for giving me a ticket. He's doing his job, okay? Do I think the speed limit of 100K is stupid and ridiculous? Yes, of course I do. But my argument isn't with the police officer. It's with the lawmakers. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you can't yell at him for that. And it's the same thing with this. That is, according to the rules of the CFL, a roughing the passer penalty 15 yards. I can't dispute that. And I'm, I'm not going to. It was barely a penalty. You know, if it, according to the rules, it's a penalty. But it was a good football play. If they said, okay, if the initial contact is shoulder to shoulder, any incidental helmet to helmet after that doesn't count, then this wouldn't have been a penalty. Okay? But that's not what the rule says. So a- any contact with the, the quarterback's head, helmet, it is a roughing the passer penalty, and this was a roughing the passer penalty. Did it deserve a fine? Absolutely not. Did it deserve a suspension or an ejection? God forbid. Don't be stupid. Okay? Because it didn't. Okay? It just, it was barely a penalty. And they didn't call a penalty, so then, you know, easy. What do you do? How can they give them a maximum fine for this? It. The CFL needs to follow their own rules and guidelines because this wasn't this was not part of that. It's, it's offensive to me. I'm 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 offended by it. The consistency no, is un- a joke. Yeah. Go ahead, Will. No, I understand, Christopher. If he had a when he hit him, if he had a fall on the ground, and then if Jeffcoat had a spit on him. Then he would have uh, been out of the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Without question. If he got okay. spit on, he would. He was done. Right? <laughs> he was gone. Yeah. Oh, he was been gone. Yeah. Definitely. No doubt in my mind about that. Go down on the ground and spit on him, and and, and then stick your foot in it and and crunch it into him. Yeah. You no. Know, no. That would be. You're gone. That's for for sure. Now I, I'm watching this thing over and over again. This post by uh, Tyson Craney, and it's it's just absolutely. Vindicates him. He he, he gets it, the, the, this video is perfect. It's the absolute perfect angle. And, and still, and still, the comments that come up that says, "Oh shit, this is, looks worse than what I'd seen before," and I, I I can't get it. He didn't aim for his shoulder. Oh God. 
It says that the, the player is supposed to let up once the ball's been thrown. Yeah, if you're two, two steps away, if you're more than a step away, then you're supposed to let up a little bit. This guy didn't even have a quarter of a step left. I mean, he was literally launching himself at the quarterback as the quarterback threw the ball. It's not, that's not roughing the passer. The only reason he got, got, would have got a penalty there is because of the helmet-to-helmet. It wasn't a late hit. It wasn't anything like that. It's no different than the Odell Willis play. Same thing. Absolutely same thing. Odell hit the guy in the shoulder. Actually, he, Odell didn't hit him in the shoulder. The guy, Zach Caleros, jumped up in the air. Odell went to hit him and in the chest, shoulder type of area. And by the time Odell got his body there, Caleros, gravity had taken over and Caleros had dropped down and he got drilled in the head. Okay? Literally, that's what happened. You never, ever, ever aim for where the quarterback, for what's going to be there because it's going to miss, right? So he... Odell aimed for the biggest part of his body, which is his chest, and uh, Calero stuck his head in the way. Yes, Ryder fans are being idiots. But then who's surprised by that? <laughs> That's my rant on this one. Is the official, the official's a great answer. I still think they should make the command center call a penalty on something like this. Uh, maybe not an offside penalty, maybe not a holding call, maybe not anything else, but anything that fits into that 15-yard penalty type of thing yeah. there, uh, which are what? Chop blocks, hazardous equipment, clipping, piling, crack back block, passing the, uh, roughing the passer, roughing the kicker, face masking, unnecessary roughness, and no yards. I think that the command center should be able to call those penalties, along with the 25-yarders too, which is illegal deployment. Spitting, right? If the ref misses a spitting call, the command center should be able to call a spitting call because that's disgusting. That is the most vile penalty that we've got here. Hey, Charles. Yeah? I dare you, Charles. I dare you, Charles. At the Grey Cup, we should go to the writer's hospitality room and you should be a wear a beer me <laughs> jersey. From DC, <laughs> and you and you should put a big name across the chest and write Christopher Jones and see what happens. Are you trying it to get me fun. killed? <laughs> Are you trying to get fun, me killed? <laughs> we could call it an experiment, okay? Oh God. I want to actually Anyways. come home from the Great Cup. I don't want to be uh, <laughs> maimed for life. Yeah, Tony would protect you. Uh, yeah, maybe. he would. <laughs> you got Tony, Tony, and Russ's wingman. You're okay. Ooh. There you go. <sighs> Anyways. Yep. Oh boy. Uh, all right, so I think we've gone through that pretty good. Yeah. So now we can go yep. back and do the postmortem for the Lions and then the we, Riders again. We beat it today. Because we skipped I'd over like that. To start, I'd like to start the postmortem on BC, and I'll be quick. All right. Go ahead, Will. Go ahead. Okay, I'm quoting a, a friend of mine. BC sucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who would that be? I don't know, Mark. <laughs> Good. Well, I, I think I said it up on Sunday night or Monday. <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm going to say it in a couple of minutes. You got anything there, else, there's Will? Going to be, nah, there's going to be wholesale changes in, Cal- or in BC this year. No doubt about yeah. it. Um, the quarterback situation is undecided as of the end of the season, obviously. Um, and, and, you know, and uh, how, how do you be successful with BC? If you don't have a quarterback, you got to sign a quarterback that is in the CFL. Okay. So I, I think, uh, they should go after Riley for sure. Um, I would assume Ed Hervey is a Riley fan. Uh, it's already been said he is. Sorry. It's already been said okay. that he is going well, to go out that. Yeah. Um, the whole, the whole, the entire coaching staff, I think, should change depending on who the head coach is. Okay, because head coaches like to bring in their own guys, and I don't know. Well, I think you go after an assistant from another team because I don't think. There's any assistants in BC that are worthy of a head coaching job. That's just my Despite opinion. But will try and convince you. Um, it's just my opinion, but you know, <laughs> I mean, I know they brought Jerry's and Jerry's Jackson in to change the offense. I don't think it really changed that much. Um, but sometimes. And sometimes it takes a couple of years for guys to buy into a coach's system. So maybe Jarius Jackson has a good system and nobody's bought into it this year, or they didn't buy into it as well, or it was more complicated than they thought. Um, I, I think you'll see wholesale changes there. It'll be a completely different look BC Lions team yesterday, this this next year. And the question I want to ask everybody. I hope so. I, I, the question I want to ask everybody, especially the BC guys, is why do you think Solly's not going to resign in BC? I, I've never said that. Well, yeah, but you said he could be one of the guys gone. Yeah, he could be. I, I, I personally don't believe it. Okay. I, I think Solly's back. Manny, okay. I'm not so sure about, but Solly, yes. I, I, I have no doubt that Solly's back. But you, you never know. I mean, let's face it, he was there because of Wally. Wally's not there anymore. So does he follow the money? I mean, he, he could end up being a bomber next, next year. Over there with Adam. Right? Team 100 is back together. Older G100, but sure, they're back together. Wow. Mind it's you, always scares mind the you, shit out you, of most people in the league. So, if you look at if you look at the Bombers this year, there is a whole big uh, BC influence on that team. No kidding. Well, yeah. Okay. Why? So I think you guys, I think you guys should all cheer for the Bombers. That's uh, that's what. That's why I'm we are. Pulling, we are, like. except for you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Mark, 
Well, what Will you've got to say on the BC Lions postmortem? Will is definitely right in that they have to make wholesale changes on the coaching staff, and they have already started interviewing for head coach. Yep. So, uh, Craig Dickinson is being interviewed. That was yes. denied, actually. For, that was denied? Yes. Oh, by who? I hadn't seen that. Uh, by the Lions, apparently. Well, because it, 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 it theoretically is still tampering. Yes. yes. So that's probably okay. why they denied it. Yeah. Because if they haven't asked permission, then they denied it. But my question would be, and I, I don't know with Craig Dickinson, what position would you be um, interviewing him for? Well, they said head coach. I, I, I have a challenge. I have me. a problem with that. I do, too. Special teams, it, it, too. Yeah. yeah, but there has it's only been, been there has, done once before, and it didn't do well. No, no, but there has been a couple of rumors in the last couple of years that people were looking at Craig Dickinson as a head coach. So Yeah, oh, of course. Mike O'Shea has done it. Okay. He's the only He's one that I know of. Coach. And he didn't yeah. really do really well for the first, what, five years. It t- took him a while to get his uh, sea legs under him. Yeah, I'm still well, not, I still don't believe there. In fact, Mark at this point in time was uh, had said that you know if he doesn't win this game, O'Shea should be fired. I remember yep. saying that when you guys were going four straight losses. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of changes that need to happen in BC. Um, I think some of the culture has to change too with the team. It, it, from watching the team, like even in the Hamilton game. They're getting destroyed. I didn't catch which defensive back it was. He makes a pass knockdown. And he gets cocky. It's like, buddy, you're losing by 30 points. And you're being cocky? They they don't seem to be a team that's close together. So I think you're going to see a lot of changes in the personnel. And there's going to be changes everywhere. And in every team, really, uh, especially with the CBA. And Craig Dickinson would also be a good move for head coach simply because with the coach's salary cap, he'll be cheap. He'll be a lot cheaper than bringing in an established head coach. I I don't but, believe that, that, that uh, Ed Hervey is going to bring in an established coach. No, I don't think that's no. the route they're going. No, I don't think they can. He's never done it before. That's true. Right? He he gave Chris Jones his first head coaching job. He gave Jason Moss his first coaching job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, oh, I I don't I don't believe that that's possible. Unless he brings in Kent Austin. Fuck Please off. Don't go there. <laughs> Ken Austin, in all honesty, is, I think he would be uh, uh, better served in Toronto. Or Montreal. But that's mm, not going to happen. No. Montreal's got a fixed coach right now. They said Mike Sherman's coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Now, the, there needs to be wholesale changes. There's going to be a different quarterback. If Riley leaves Edmonton, He's on, he's not going to Saskatchewan. Sorry, everybody in Saskatchewan. He's not going there. There's only one place he's going to go, and it's going to be PC. 
unless they completely lowball him on a contract. Wally but would. I, I don't think Ed would. Yeah. No, uh, well, we know Ed spends the money because that's why Adam Big Hill didn't go back to BC because he'd already spent all the money. So, yeah. Uh, no, there's going to be wholesale changes, I think, especially in the defense. And I think on the offensive line, you're going to see complete different, too. I hope so. Yeah. Well, this is when, this is why I've said Wally hung on a little bit too long. Huffnagel gets away with it, but it's so hard to build a team without free agency, as especially on the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. So. You do need to get a couple of key free agent signings, and Wally never did that. And it ended up biting him in the ass when it came to the offensive line. BC may have had a really nice tackle for a long time. They haven't had a center since Angus Reed left. Nope. They have not, no. And, and you think getting the ball to the quarterback would be important? I, I'm just, I'm just spitballing something you know, here. Right? Yeah, I just personally, I think that that would be important. No, I think you will see wholesale changes. There's just it was such a disappointing year for them. You know, they made the playoffs, but you might as well say they didn't with what showed up. Yeah, it was it was the same thing as when they did the crossover what in 2013 or something and went to Montreal and got spanked. Yeah. You remember that? Mhm. Mm-hmm. That was disgusting, terrible and yucky and everything else and And this was worse. So go ahead. I'm assuming Charles. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a complete and utter. Uh, I don't know if it's a total rebuild because I think you're still going to have some parts left over from this year, but there's going to be a lot of new faces on this offense. I think they're coming back with three brand-new quarterbacks. I don't think any of the quarterbacks that were here are going to be back as a quarterback this year. I think Travis Lule will be back, but I believe Travis Lule is going to retire and become the quarterback's coach. Um, Running back, uh, I think we're probably seeing – we may have seen the last of Jeremiah Johnson. We might see Terrell Sutton back because I think he can be an effective runner. Uh, receivers, Brian Burnham's, um, I think would be back. Manny, I don't think is coming back. Um, I don't Burnham's know if they're going to bring back. Who's that? Burnham is yeah, a free agent. I could see them receiving. He was their, he was easily their best receiver this year. Um, they probably didn't use him as much as they should have. Um, and I think there's going to be a few on defense. Um, if the price is right, I can see them bringing back Odell Willis. If the price is right, I can see them bringing back Sean Lemon. But I don't think they're going to break the bank for those guys. So we'll see um, We'll see if they can come to an agreement. I would like to see Willis back. I'd like to see Sean Lemon back. Uh, I think they've got uh, the nucleus of a good secondary. I think a couple of guys like Gary Peters I like. Uh, TJ Lee, that goes without saying. But... There's going to be a lot of new faces, I think, next year on the front and um, or on the offense and on the defense. And, of course, the head coach um, is certainly um, a question, is 
certainly one that's um, that's the big one because I think with that once you get that one, I think the rest of the dominoes fall. Um, uh, there's I already a lot of names out there. You mentioned Craig Dickinson. I've heard Orlando Steinauer. I've heard Devon Claybrooks. Uh, there's a few other names out there that Noel I think Thorpe. that have been brought up. Noel Thorpe's another name. Uh, people, for some reason, some people on the Beat Let's Talk BC Lions page keep bringing up Mark Washington. They're bringing him up because they like him and know him. He is not ready to be a head coach. He hasn't. He's. Uh, I'm not sold on him as a defensive coordinator, to be quite frankly especially after seeing what happened last Sunday. Uh, I don't think Jarius Jackson is ready to be a head coach yet either. He's still got some growing to do as an assistant. Like Will said, I don't see any um, I don't see any assistant coach on this team right now that is ready to step in to be a head coach. Um, so you're going to see an assistant from somewhere. And I think uh, the two names, the two first two names I mentioned – Steinauer and Claybrooks are probably the most likely, I think, although I wouldn't be upset to see Noel Thorpe here as well. And uh, with that, there'll be a new coaching staff, and uh, I think once the coaching staff is established, and I would imagine we're probably going to get a new coach here probably a couple weeks after the Grey Cup because I think they're going to want to get this done quickly uh, before they move into the free agency period because the coach is going to decide what kind of players he wants to bring in and what kind of teams uh, they want. So uh, I think they're going to want to get that coach in place ASAP. Uh, so I'm interested. And uh, the other thing, there's one other place where we could see a major change as well, and that's who signs the paychecks because um, David Braley, uh, we know, is of course, he's getting on in years. He is not in the best of health. Uh, and it's no secret that if he could um, – unload the team and sell the team to someone he would. I know he was being hampered previously by the uh the Arlan Bruce um um lawsuit. lawsuit that was in the courts. That's now been settled. So uh that's no longer a hamper. So we'll see. I think it could be sometime this off season we see a sale. Just on a side note to that, that really surprised me that Arlan Bruce was actually at the last game with Wally Buono, but anyways but yeah, so it's going to be a, a year of um, of change and turnover, and uh, I'm just interested to see where it's going. Okay, um, I'll throw another name into the hat there for you, Charles. Okay, this is for coach. This is for head coach, and I'm not saying for the BC Lions, but there is another another assistant coach in the CFL that would probably take a head coaching position. Okay. Jerry Glanville. That's funny because I thought about that earlier. Okay. Uh, more than 50 years after taking his first coaching gig, Jerry Glanville sees the light at the end of the tunnel like only he can. Okay. Here, here's, here's what it is. When I took this – this is a quote from him. When I took this job, my wife Brenda asked, how long do you think you'll be staying there? And Glanville said with a straight face before delivering the punchline with a broad smile – he said, no longer than 15 years. <laughs> okay. He says, I love the CFL. I love 
everything about it. It's great fun, great players. Players play hard. It's just a totally great experience. I don't know why it's taken me so long to get up here. Huh. Okay? So yep. I can see him taking a head coaching position. I could. Okay, it's not going to be in Hamilton because as long as no. June Jones is there, the heir apparent is Orlando Steinauer. Okay, right. I have no doubt in my mind Orlando Steinauer is going to be the next head coach of the Hamilton Ticats. It might be next year. It might be the year after. It, Orlando's not going to BC. He's not going to Toronto. He's not going anywhere. He's a Ticat. He came back for that sole purpose. His job is assistant head coach right now. Okay, he's not a coordinator anywhere. So he, he's, he, I don't think he's part of the, the, the equation here. Now, so who do I want to see as head coach? I'd love to see Mark Tressman in there. Um, other than that, I've never been sold on a defensive coordinator being a head coach, and yet the two most successful coaches in CFL history, Wally Buono and Don Matthews, were both defensive coordinators. So both of those guys go against the grain. But in all honesty, there isn't very many others that have been very successful. Okay. Um, so I'm not jumping up and down about Noel Thorpe, although I think he'd be a great guy. Mark Washington, absolutely not. Uh, Craig Dickinson, oh, just come on. There's just not enough experience there. So I, you know what? I'm just going to leave the head coaching position to, uh, Ed Hervey, and let him find somebody. Now, um, speaking of that, I had, where did it go? Oh, my good Lord. I hate it when that happens. I, I, I have something up here, and by the time I get to actually saying it, I've, mo- I've got doodle fingers, and I've gone off and looked at something else. But I had a little rant about the quarterbacks in B.C., Mm-hmm. And there they are. Okay. So here's my little rant. I'm going to read them out to you because I posted CFL. This is on the Berg, Berg versus Ferg uh, QB questions for the Lions and the Riders. And I did one for the, the two of them for the Lions and two of them for the Riders. So we'll do the Riders ones when we do their, their postmortem. Uh, Jonathan Jennings is done in BC. He needs a change of scenery. Uh, you'll never win a tip with a GM. And if Herbie does not see his commitment. There's nothing more to be said. Uh, I can say, I can see Jennings in Toronto or Regina. Edmonton's a good bet. If they lose Riley, Montreal needs a quarterback, but he'd be stupid to get, uh, go to that tire fire. Uh, Jennings has an amazing arm. His mobility is unparalleled. And I said from the beginning, this guy's star material. He just needs the right offense. It was not BC. He is going to go somewhere else and he will be successful in this league. Okay. Now, here's my take on Travis Lule, and I know I'm going to get some PMs over this one. Travis Lule is a top three QB in the CFL, right up there with Riley and Ray. He still has the ability to move the ball, but he doesn't. who does not cringe when he takes off running? BC was well set up when Jennings was the starter and Travis was on the bench orchestrating the offense. If Travis took care of coaching the QBs, in a backup role on the sidelines, is there a better solution? But this only works if you have, if BC gets a solid number one like Mike Riley. 
Can you imagine two, having two MOP quarterbacks? So I can see Mike Riley or Travis Lulee playing football next year if Mike Riley is signed. But I believe he's going to retire. And he's going to be the quarterback coach in BC. That's, of course, is only if the uh, offensive coordinator and head coach take him. But they'd be fools not to at this point in time. He has so much goodwill with the fans in this organization. So that's my two take on the quarterback situation. What's going to happen in the receivers? I think Manny's done. Uh, Burnham, I hope he comes back. Uh, the various um, Posey, I hope, comes back. Great player. I think the players right across the board in BC are going to be asked to take a pay cut. I don't think there's anybody on that team that is going to get what they're making this year, next year. Okay, anybody who's going to hold off or more money and anything else is simply not going to happen. The amount of money that Ed Hervey is going to have to drop on free agency to get players to come into hit into BC to follow this program is going to be huge. And you're going to see that and going to see it real fast. You're going to start seeing players signing and, and, and agreeing to extensions and pay cuts and uh, of which so be it. And uh, if that's what it's going to take to, to build a team, then that's what they're going to have to do to build a team. If the guy's not willing to take a pay cut, goodbye. It's plain and simple. So, um, Solly, I, I, I can't see Solly going anywhere else. I really can't. Uh, I think he'll be back. I think that he's the, the, the anchor, the soul of our defense. And without him, they were lost this year. So, uh, but they did just sign Jordan Herdman, and everybody says, "Well, they signed Herdman. Is that the end of? Does that that the, the you know the writing on the wall for Solly being gone? No. Jordan Herdman is yes, he's a middle linebacker, but he plays the the, the Sam, and he also um, he's a Canadian. So you can't put him in middle linebacker spot without a Canadian backing him up. Otherwise you've got to start messing with the ratio everywhere. Either that or you just pretend he's not a Canadian. So yes, there's going to be wholesale changes on this football team. Of course there is. It could start with the ownership. It could start with um, a, pres- a president change. It could be a change of, it's going to be a change of vice president of football operations. It's going to be a change of a head coach. That's already been guaranteed with Wally retiring. Uh, and I don't think we're going to see a coordinator come back, whether it's special teams, defense, or offense. I think they're all gone. And, uh, Will, I agree with you. Um, Jerry's Jackson's system was only in play for one year, and maybe it takes a little while longer to get it going and up and running. And he did have uh, a caras- uh, quarterback carousel. Hard to run an offense when that's happening. So, I don't know. BC's going to be an interesting team to follow in the next couple of years. That's for sure. We'll see what happens. Uh, We need a head coach, and we need him in place before Christmas. He's got four weeks. Let Let the petals fall where they may. Okay. Everybody's done the BC Lions postmortem? Yep. Let's jump over to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This team is in flux. I mean, they've been in a total rebuild for, what, the last three years now? This is Chris Jones' third year coming in. Um, 
they they're still in a rebuild mode. They've just uh, laid off, fired, retired six um, coaching staff members. They've asked the rest to take a 10% pay cut. Uh, some of them will, some of them won't. It's going to definitely be able to leverage some players, uh, some coaches out of the, the team. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have an O-line. Their secondary is iffy at best. I don't know. What, what, they're ball hawkers, but even when they, they, but they gave up huge amount of yards. So, yes, their defense scored points, but they also gave up a lot of points. They also gave up a lot of yards. This, this team needs an entire rebuild right from ground scratch up, and you can't do that when you did it two years ago. What are you going to do? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm completely at a loss on this one. What, what do you absolutely can you do about this? Um, Zach Caleros, there's, there's a good question. Tal- and I've said this many times, that Zach Caleros is the most talented quarterback in the CFL. That being said, he's lost his edge, and he can't function with a team who thinks the offense is, is not important. Three concussions in one season is Matt Dunnigan material. It's time for Zach to move on with his life while he still has one. I don't think you're going to see him back in the CFL. He shouldn't be back in the CFL. It's time for him to take a step back and go enjoy the rest of his life. Okay? That's just a fact. And Brandon Bridge? Brandon Bridge is not a starter in the CFL. Never has been. Never will be. Uh, He's hard. He's a perpetual backup, and I can't even say that he's a good perpetual backup. There's a lot better players out on the, in the CFL right now that I would rather have as my backup. In fact, there's backups out there that are better than a lot of number ones. So what do you do? What, what's going to happen to Ryderville? He's, Jones has to keep looking for a QB because there's just there's eight, eight or nine QBs available in free agency. There's none of them that, he would, that I would take. You know, very, Mike Riley, that's it. Uh, I do see Jonathan Jennings in Saskatchewan. I do see him under Chris Jones' system. He's a gunslinger. When was the last time Saskatchewan had a gunslinger? Kerry Joseph? Kerry Joseph, Henry Burris, something like that. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. This certainly wasn't Darian Durant. Guy couldn't throw the ball to save his life. Right? And they haven't had a QB since him. So, yeah, no, I'm sorry. They, they, Saskatchewan needs a quarterback. That's their number one concern right now. And uh, it's more than likely it's going to be Jonathan Jennings. That's where I would bet money that he is going. And that's only if Jim Buck doesn't get him first. Or we see a trade of uh, Jonathan Jennings for Mike Riley. Before free agency happens. I mean, you got to think that Brock Sunderland knows that uh, Mike Riley is looking out, looking out the window right now. I would think so. Yeah. You, you don't let an asset like that just walk away. You got to get something no, for him in return, even if it's yeah. a bag of hammer handles. That's what he did. That's what he did with um, uh, what's his name, James Franklin. James Franklin for Toronto before uh, before he walked on a, as a free agent. Yeah. For what was it? What did he get from a third round? third-round draft pick or something? Something like that. He at least got an asset from him. Yeah. So you're not going to let – you're not going to watch Mike Riley walk away. You're going to see him traded before that. And uh, 
I know he's not going to want to trade him into the Western Division, and uh, I don't think Mike Riley's going to play anywhere but BC. If uh, if he doesn't play in Edmonton, he's going to be in BC. So that's it. That's my take on the postmortem of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Charles, you've been talking. Up. Your turn. Step up. Well, they had a pretty good regular season and then fizzled out in the playoffs. And um, they've got some good pieces on offense. They've got some good pieces on defense. But they need more pieces, I think, in both areas to be a really strong contender. On offense, it starts with quarterback. They've pretty much already said they're going in a different direction next year in terms of quarterbacks, i.e. they're not bringing back Zach Caleros. They're not bringing back Brandon Bridge. Um, so that's a very important. I, a lot of people keep saying, oh, maybe Mike Riley's going to end up there. Stop it. It's not going to happen. You're setting yourself up for a letdown, Riders fans, if you think that's going to happen. Oh, I don't want to go play. What? It's funny. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He's a guy that could end up. uh, Jennings, like you said, could end up there. Um, Who else? I'm just trying to think who else is out there. James Franklin. James Franklin. Well, maybe that's a possibility. Uh, If Toronto decides to walk from James Franklin, maybe he ends up there. Uh, That's a possibility. Um, I don't know if the uh, Alouettes are going to trade one of their... Uh, I don't think they'll trade Johnny Manziel. Maybe they trade Antonio Pipkin. Maybe they can wrestle him out of there. Uh, not that he's any great prize. Um, so it's kind of slim pickings, really. Even though there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks in the market, it's not necessarily the greatest crop of quarterbacks on the market uh, once you get past Mike Riley. Um I think the the Riders have one of the better receiving cores in the CFL. Uh, it's hard to argue that. Um, the running back from Saskatchewan, what was his name? Uh, I keep forgetting his name. Well, they, they had two. Uh, they had they had Marshall. Marshall. And they had Trey, uh, Trey Mason. Trey Mason. I think Trey Mason, uh, a couple more years, could be one of the top running backs in the CFL. He's got good speed. He's got good moves. Uh, I think he needs. Uh, I, I, he would be my guy going forward. Uh, no, no offense to Cameron Marshall. Uh, I think they've got good def- players on defense. Is there any dispute that Willie Jefferson is one of the best defensive players in the CFL? No, nope. no, and uh, he's a good guy. Uh, I think they've got a good secondary. In ter- they got a secondary that's uh, ball hawk at secondary in terms of um, you know with Ed Ganey. I think they maybe need a little uh, upgraded linebacker, maybe even a little more upgrading on the off, on the defensive line. But they've got parts there at both sides of the ball uh, that could be a, a nucleus of a good team. They've got to just find the, the complementary parts um, to go there, which is easier said than done. So um, it's going to be, uh, I don't know, we'll see what kind of uh, team uh, Chris Jones can build and see if he is the genius that everyone else says he is. So let's see if this team improves next year or if they fall back. Well, that's a good point. What, uh, how could they fall back? Well, I guess they could fall back. They could, Actually, uh, we're in well, second stop. place. Second place overall, right? Yep. Only two points out of first. Yeah, they almost got the bye. 
Yep. Okay. Oh, here it is. The uh, QB free agent sweepstakes. Mike uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, free agent. Right? We forgot all about Mitchell. Riley, Trevor Harris, Caleros. Trevor Harris, Caleros. Oh, wow. Lule, Jennings, Bridge, Glenn, and Ray. So, you know, I'm not putting any stock in the bottom three of Brandon Bridge, Kevin Glenn, and Ricky Ray. I wouldn't put much stock in the Zach Caleros, but you've got Mitchell, Riley, Harris, and Jennings. Again, I'm not putting, I don't think Lule's going anywhere. So those are the top four. And there's there's at least four teams that need quarterbacks. Yep. So James Franklin is not a free agent, but that doesn't mean he couldn't be traded for. Uh, I don't think um, – well, Toronto doesn't have a head coach, so it's hard to say, but I don't think uh, Jim Pop was uh, all that big on him because they were playing uh, that other guy, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, most of the season. So, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Mark, go ahead on your Saskatchewan uh, Rough Riders post-mortem, since you guys put them there. Yeah, everybody's focusing on the offense and the quarterbacks, obviously. Um, obviously, we're going to see a different quarterback. I don't know if you'll see Zach Kolaros in the CFL next year. It's going to be hard to take a chance on him. But I was just looking at the free agents on the defense. Willie Jefferson, Mikhail Brooks, uh, Corey Johnson, who is a good football player, Zach Evans. Um, oh, Sam Hurl, that'll be a big hurt. But Samuel, I cannot say this guy's last name. Shiger? Aguavin. Aguavin. There we go, thank you. Aguavin? Yeah, Aguavin is a very good young linebacker. Um, defensive backs, you got Luchez Purifoy, Jovan Johnson, who was a healthy scratch the last three week games anyway, so I don't think he'll be back. Mike Edom as well. There's a lot of big names. Oh, and Toby Antigua. A lot of their best defensive players are free agents. So they're not going to be, I don't see them going out and signing a $450,000 quarterback again. You know, they, I think they're going to go with somebody like Jennings that you can get for two fifty, three hundred, dollars because yep. they're going to have to spend a lot of money to try to keep these free agents. Mm-hmm. They're not hurt too hard on the offense. Um, the biggest name receiver they're gonna, they could lose would be Namon Roosevelt. Otherwise, it's guys like Patrick Lavoie, Rob Bag. Bag, did he play? I think he played one game, didn't he? When they brought him back, their offensive line is pretty intact. It's just Josiah St. John who he'll stay there probably, just cheap. But their their defense could take a massive hit, massive hit. And let's face it, they got their second place record based on defense and nothing else. They didn't get it on offense. Well, Kolaros was 10 and 4 or whatever it was as a starter, but it wasn't because of his offensive abilities. So, 
they need to sign almost all these guys again in order to keep that going, and that just doesn't happen now, especially with the new CBA coming. It's going to be interesting to see how he handles also not having all his coaches because he did have the largest coaching staff in the CFL. Yeah, but they weren't coaches so much as he had a lot of uh, lot, lot of more scouts than anybody else did. Yeah, well, I know he had. There was an article that he was quoted in, and he's quite complaining how hard it's going to be to get players to, from the states now because they're losing so many um, scouts and stuff. And so, how many do you need? Everybody else seems to do okay. Everybody else seems to do okay. Yeah, but you know their defense. They need to sign these guys. So it's going to be an interesting offseason to see who wants to come back. I don't think Jovan Johnson will be back at all. I think he's finished there. So That's it. Go ahead. Hey, William. You guys are being way too nice. Okay. Probably. Sorry. The first thing I would do is fire Chris Jones today. Sorry. He said three years. Okay. And they're out of the playoffs. Christopher, you're the first guy to say that. Only thing that matters is playoffs. He's out of the playoffs. He's out. And 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 he got destroyed. And he's still rebuilding playoffs. after three years. Yep. Right. And, and the records have the a quarterback. Two, the records the last two years haven't been great. I, I don't think you should worry about his uh, defensive free agents because he will spend he will spend the largest amount of money he can on defensive free agents. Yep. Because he does not give a shit about offense. I think he might have a I think he might have a uh, a secret agenda that he's going to win a Grey Cup defense only. Okay. And. I mean, let's face it, the only reason he won in Edmonton, he had a great defense, but he had a quarterback who could carry a team on his back. Yes. And that's why they won that year. Okay? That simple. Um, I don't think he's done a good job. And I might get poo-pooed because everybody's going to say, oh, he's up for coach of the year. I don't think he should be up for coach of the year, to be honest with you. I think they really went sideways on coaches of the year this year. The nominees, the two nominees that are the finalists, like, really? Well, no, it should have been June Jones back east. (laughs) Should have been June Jones in the east. And in the west, it could have been anybody. Well, really? I personally, at this point in time, I would have given it to Michael Shea in the west. Probably. It, it, It would be hard to argue against that. Certainly not Chris Jones. I'd be good with that. I'd be good with that. You might have an argument for Dave Dickinson, but, you know, I don't I think, think they I do have an argument. But. I don't think they were spectacular this year. I don't think they were greatly improved. He was basically on cruise control this year, so hard to give him coach of the year. Mike O'Shea put together a team and, and, and brought them to literally to the Grey Cup. We'll see what happens this week. <laughs> Well, you're confident. Anyways, um, but, yeah, I think Chris Jones should go. I don't think he's done a good job. I really don't. But that's just me, and I never have liked Chris Jones. I think he's an arrogant tool, but 
that's just me, but I, I would start there. And I mean, you know, they've got players, Sam McGuavin, I've already heard reports that he's uh, actually getting offers from the NFL already. And so he'll yeah. probably be gone. Um, uh, there's a number of guys that are be gone, but uh, just like every other team, there's going to be a number of guys that are be gone. I mean, it's the same thing every year. And I heard this on a podcast today. You got to look around the room, the team you're with, Winnipeg, Calgary, it doesn't matter, Ottawa, Hamilton. Next year, that team is going to be changed. The same yeah. guys are not going to be there. Okay. So, but who knows? But yeah, that's, I mean, Saskatchewan, they got to work on offense because it was horrible. Let's face it, it was horrible. They probably were sixth or seventh in every offensive category in the league. And that's I don't think they were that high, were they? Well, in some cases, they were below the Montreal's and the Toronto's. And when you're below them, you got work to do, baby. Sorry. But once again, I think it still goes back to Chris Jones' philosophy of I don't give a shit about offense. Yeah. Pass, passing so. yards, they were seventh. Passing, they were ninth. Sorry, they were eighth in, in, in yards, and they were ninth in passing TDs. There you go. Yeah, so there you go. Rushing anyway. TDs, they were eighth. So overall points, they were terrible. And they're bringing back that- their offensive coordinator. Well, and even though they're offensive coaches, you've never heard of half of them. Well, McAdoo. For God's sake. McAdoo. McAdoo, but, yeah. yeah, well, he had Mike Riley, too, and he hasn't won anything since then. So, I mean, whatever. I'm hoping this podcast tonight is the last time this regular se- or this season that we bring up Saskatchewan because they don't matter anymore. Did I say that out loud? Yep, I did. Riders don't matter anymore. They're out. They're gone. They're finished. Go ahead. Well, can I take interest- you to the riders? Can I take you to the riders' um, uh, room there in in Edmonton? Hospitality, oh, Charles. Oh, Charles. Oh, Charles. I would go in a heartbeat, buddy. I know you would. I want to. Uh, I'm taking you there. I swear to God, I'm taking you there. I bet you, okay. though, you won't be talking on the same way. Okay, I, w- oh, I want to yes, ask I you will. guys. I want to ask you guys a question. I got a how, how do you score a touchdown in the CFL? How can you score a touchdown? There's like seven different ways, right? But seriously, on offense, if you're on offense, how do you score a touchdown? It, you either it's you a passing TD or, or it's a rushing TD, right? Okay, yep. so the Saskatchewan Rough Riders were, were ninth in the league with 11 passing TDs, okay, for the whole ninth. season, okay? They were eighth in rushing TDs with 14. Only Ottawa had less rushing TDs with 13. But let's, let's grant it, they, at 14 they were tied with BC, Calgary, and Montreal for rushing TDs, okay? But they only had 14. Okay, so that's a total of 25. Now, let's just hypothetically call it seven points, right, because it's really only six, but we're not going to give the kickers any benefit here. So we're going to say you get seven points for a TD 
Seven times 25 is 175 points. Okay, right? You good with me here so far? Yep. They scored 450 points this year. Okay. Less than half. Swaggerville 2.0. Yep. 275 points were scored by between special teams and defense. 275 compared to 175. Saskatchewan, you did not have a good team. Okay? You didn't have a good team. You did not win football games. You stole football games. Okay? It's bottom line. They did. They stole football games. That's how you do that. And I'm okay with it. Points are points. As Will always says, a W is a W. It doesn't matter how you get it as long as you got the W. And I agree with them. But I'm sorry, your special teams and defense cannot and should not be outscoring your offense. Not now, not ever. So, oh my good Lord, what are we going to do? I agree, Will. Chris Jones should be fired. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Nope. It's not going to happen, and that's kind of why I didn't bring it up. Okay, so that's the Riders postmortem. We have uh, 15 minutes left in the show. <laughs> Let's go through the rest of this real fast, okay? Uh, and we've already touched with the next one, which is uh, Jordan Herdman has been uh, signed a, a contract extension with the BC Lions. Does that mean Solly is uh, out of the game, uh, played his last game as a BC Lion? No, I don't think it, it does mean that. So let's just forget about that. I'm going to skip the next one because we're going to play the most amount of time with it. Sketch and Montreal and Hamilton have uh, all applied to host the 2020 Grey Cup game, which would be the next one that's up. Uh, who would you believe is going to win out of that? Uh, me, I'm uh, my hands up with Hamilton. Uh, it's been Edmonton and Calgary in the West. Uh, Calgary's next year, right? Yes. Calgary is next yes. year. So Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, so I think it's going to go to Hamilton. Personally, uh, I don't think Montreal's got the cojones to do it in Saskatchewan while they just had it not that long ago. Uh, does anybody have any objections, arguments, or do you have anything to add to that? Will? Nope. I'm good with Charles. Hamilton. Charles. Should be Hamilton. Mark? Hamilton. Okay. Dead subject. Let's move on. Stephen, uh, Stephen McNeil, the Nova Scotia Premier, has said that there will be no taxpayer money to be used to fund a new stadium. If there is no public money, will the stadium ever be built? I don't know. I don't think so. How else is it going to be done? I understand that there is some federal money, or is it provincial money, that's going to be used to clean up the park that they're going to build a stadium in because it's, it's very run down. It's a, it's a ghetto for lack of a better term right now. So they're going to, there's government money to pick it, clean it all up before construction starts and uh, do it some reclamation on it. Uh, But other than that, there's no money from the provincial government and federal government does not give out money for stadiums unless they are hosting an Olympic game. So, Mm -hmm. Can they do this with private money or, or Halifax money? City of Halifax is going to buck up for this. 
I, I just I still don't think there should be a team in Halifax. I don't see it. I I don't believe nope. there should be one there. Uh, they don't have the fan support. They don't have the owners that can do it with the deep pockets. They don't have the they don't have a stadium. They don't have anything. They they have some some will, some good 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 karma. They have good intentions. <laughs> That's about it, man. They have nothing else. Mexico, here we come. I think so. Sure, why not? Mexican have expansion. They has Halifax announced how many season ticket deposits they've had? No, I've heard nothing. Nothing, nothing no, not a peep. Not and a peep. If that was that. a big number, if that was a big number, you'd hear about it. Oh hell yeah! They'd be they'd be running it out and waving it in front of everybody's face. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Huh. Last time Winnipeg played Calgary in a non Grey Cup playoff game, nineteen eighty two. Really? Last Ooh. last time they played in the Western final was nineteen sixty five. Wow. That's bizarre to think. In a team that's had at most nine teams that it's been that long. And, and Winnipeg hasn't played. been in the, the East that long, that much of it, you know? No. Okay, um, that was just an interesting stat that I just saw. Uh, let's we got a ten, less ten minutes here. Let's talk about Randy Ambrosi. I'm not going to say a word on him right now. Um, the Canadian Business Journal says that Commissioner Randy Ambrosi is leading the charge of good things to come with the CFL. How would you rate his job thus far as a commissioner, Charles? Well, for me, he gets a C. I think he's done some things well. I think he's done some things poorly. Um, I, I think I like kind of the vision that he has for, you know, expanding the game globally. Um, I'm really, just to go back to Halifax, I really think they're trying to fast-track this thing. Uh, he, I always thought that he's trying to make this part of his legacy and. I don't think they've done their homework properly. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. I think they're trying to put they're trying to put a square peg into a round hole. It's just not looking good to me. Um, I like some of the things he's done, uh, you know, mid-season rule changes and stuff like that. I mean, I don't put that all on Randy Ambrosi because I think you know you got to look at board of governors and other things there. Um, He's been okay. He hasn't wowed me yet. So if I was giving a letter grade, I'd give him a C. I'd say he's been pretty average at best. Okay. Mark, how are you rating him? I give him a C as well. He has... Yeah, when he first came into the league last year, he ended up with a whole bunch of things on his plate, and he handled them pretty well. But it's the whole – one of my biggest sticking points is I thought he would get rid of the Jeffrey Orge uh, rule of no bonuses this offseason because the CBA is up. They're not honoring contracts. The teams can release the guys before the 
their bonuses do. But it smacks of collusion when the commissioner is telling teams to not honor contracts. I didn't like it when Orge put it in, and I don't like it that he's kept it in. It makes no sense. You want goodwill coming into a CBA, not guys that are pissed. Every interview now with the with the players, have you noticed what they wear? CFLPA gear. Yeah, that's never happened. Not team gear. Yeah. It, that's never happened before. This could be an interesting CBA, and this could be on his hands. So right now I'm giving him a C. I want to see how he does with the CBA, because this is going to be a tough one. If they're moving the little put games in Mexico, they better pay the players some money because it's not going to be cheap to do this thing with Mexico. Nope. No, but that doesn't mean you have to pay the players more. That just means it's more money for the team to get the team down there and to house them and everything else. This is a fucking holiday for the players. They're going to love it. They take a pay cut to go do that. Uh, You know, with the little amount of money that raises that they've gotten over the CBA, it's their own fault for not fighting for it harder. But this one I think is going to be tough, especially with the two new leagues. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that uh, having exhibition games in Mexico, the players aren't going to get more money because of this. That's that's just not going to happen. There's no reason for them to get more. There's no reason for them to get any more money. I'm just saying that Mm -hmm. with the league spending all this money, they better spend some of it on the players. You know, you've got nine players that are making double – if if not quadruple what some of the other players are making. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see that. And like I say, for now, I'm giving him a C. He's done some good things. He's reacted quickly, at least, whether we agree with it or not. At least he reacts quickly. So, so I'll stick with the C. Go ahead. William. What yeah, do you think about would... Commissioner Randy Ambrosi? I think I will give him a D, and I think he's just a talking head, to be honest with you. But I will give him the benefit of the doubt to see how he handles the CBA, because it could be a disaster or it could work out well. And, you know, it's funny because you, you, you think about the money some players make and I was listening to a podcast today that actually Bo Levi Mitchell was on and he said one of the first things he said was quarterbacks get paid too much money okay and he said he knows the league minimum is 54 or 56,000 whatever it is and he says on his team there's a handful of guys on the practice roster, that would kill for $54,000 a season if they get to play in 18 games, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to start somewhere, man. It's that simple. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not impressed with Randy Ambrosi. I think he's all talk, and he hasn't been that much action. He He's done a few things, but I'm curious to see how he handles the CBA, and we'll see how this league looks after that. 
because this is a this is pretty crucial this year, and I'm kind of scared of how it's going to work out and what we're going to lose player wise if we lose anything and so on and so forth. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I can't stand Randy Ambrosi. He gets a big fail with me. Um, I don't think he's done anything right, and uh, he's reactionary, and and doesn't react well. Does react quickly, but so so does my dog. Um. Yeah. No. It's just there's nothing that this guy's done right in, in my opinion. He's not a not a good businessman. And uh, you know, if you all you want is somebody to smile, wave at the camera, and kiss babies, drink beer with fans, well, you got him because that's what you got right now. And uh, a lot of people that that's what they want as a as a uh, commissioner of the CFL. Well, that's not the commissioner's job. Okay, is really not. Uh, Will I agree 100%? He's a puppet. I mean. Shit, man! He, he, the board of governors controls this guy. He's got him whipped, and you know he should be an independent type of person. He should be the person. Yes, he's representing all of the teams, but also he has to represent the players as well. Okay, maybe not in the CBA, but he has to take care of everybody. And I don't think he's doing it really well. And uh, some of the things that he's done, some of the things that he said, just I look at him and I just shake my head and go, "What the hell? It's just a." complete void between the ears. It's just not happening. And uh, Will, for the record, it's 54000 is the minimum wage in, in the 2018 season. It's not expect, it's, it, there is no increase um, this year because the CBA, right? So there was no scheduled increase going into 2019. That's yet to be negotiated. So it's 54000 this year. With a salary cap of 5.2 million, and this is the interesting one: a minimum team salary is 4.6 million. So there's 600 thousand dollars difference between the the floor and the ceiling. Now, Randy Ambrosi gets a big fail with me, so um, I, I I don't want him. I I miss Jeffrey Orridge, and yeah, he was not. A hundred percent. He made some errors, but at least he had the balls to stick up to the board of directors when they were doing stupid things, board of governors, I mean. Uh, and uh, he got fired because of it, because he spoke his mind and told them that you can't do that. What you're doing is wrong. And uh, they found a little puppet that uh, will allow them to do it. And uh, that's what Randy Ambrosi is, is a puppet. He's a stooge in which uh, it talking head or whatever you want to call, but uh, there you go. So we're under uh, 90 seconds left in the show, so I'm going to wrap it up. This has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 298. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. It's been a pleasure talking football with you guys for the last two hours. Gentlemen, it's been a slice again. I don't don't know how I can thank you guys enough for coming out and doing this and uh, having fun do, while we do it. So say goodnight, Charles. Good night, folks. Uh, thanks for listening here tonight, and enjoy the Western Finals. Next time we talk to you, we'll know who the uh, two teams will be playing for the Grey Cup. Yeah, Mark, say good night. Good night, everybody. Talk to you in a few days, and go Bombers. Go Bombers. Hey, I heard that. Hey, uh, before I let Will talk, because he always hangs up, uh, what day do you guys want to do the show? Do you want to do it Sunday night or Monday? 
I'm good. Too much really happening. Late. Too much good happening Sunday night. Yeah, we, let's do Monday. Do it Monday. Yeah. Well, you got no comment here, Will? Yeah, I, I, no, I'm good with that because I like to think about these things before I talk. So, and then might okay, be a I little go. emotional on Sunday. Say good night. You got two seconds. Yep. Good night, everybody. <laughs>